everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, welcome back. It's uh, season eight, episode two of LOI Central, and we're back in Oliver Marketing today, which is lovely. Uh, we enjoyed ourselves immensely in Collar and Cuff last week. Collar and Cuff, one of our sponsors, as well as Future Ticketing, um, buoyed by, I guess, the biggest gates um the cumulative gates in the league of ireland in a long long time anyway on day one dan this was like what? better it was a better uh, hello everybody yeah. uh, it was a better it was a better game week uh cumulative figure than any game week last year so I than mean, any game week last yeah. year. yeah so i mean I, I, and and look i suppose the first week is always the week where you've got the best chance but i mean we have to suspend our cynicism a bit and it is endured you see the tickets for this friday the Dublin Derby's are already gone, and, and you could. This is the. I think this is the point. Like the total last week, I think adding in the Longford Finn Harps game on Saturday was something like thirty four thousand. But but obviously, uh, and I know we have a lot of disaffected Bose fans in the mailbag. But you'd imagine that if, if Bose didn't have restrictions, they could probably got six seven thousand at the opening game. You could easily see how you could have got forty thousand people. I know that's a bit of a leap. The crowd that but was it's not a million final. miles away. I got to interrupt you there because um, the other ten dollar sponsor. The other sponsor is of course Rascal's Brewery in Inchicore, and Pats are back at home on uh, Sunday and Friday game. I'll be at. But I was at um, get a pizza in beforehand. I used to, a new pizza coming you, on the menu that you really like. You. Oh so, man, but I don't yeah. think it's coming up again till March. No, is, I, I think, think they, they they've held on to us, and um, but more of that and on anyway. They, I have to say their pizza is. You know, you know the weird thing about pizza is like I've I've been I'm I'm very often just unimpressed by pizzas for some reason. It's literally you've one job. It's a very simple thing to do. Pizza skeptic. I would be like, there's, a, there's that place Bambino near the office that like I've never been to, but there's a queue outside. That's, that's not that's not that's, oh, not, that's not, not Rascals is actually other, other Rascals properties. is as good as I've tasted. Genuinely, mm. it actually is. I'm not. I'm. I was there recently with a couple of mates, and we had a couple of beers. We were doing like an offer in January, and it was Wednesday. Very busy. It's really, really nice. I think it's the, I think it's the dotted parmesan on top. Because for me, a pizza is eighty percent about cheese. So you're like you're more of a parmesan than a pineapple man when it comes oh, to Jesus, your pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I think pineapple, but um, not sure if they have any pineapple pizza. Of course, if they have been, them, uh, <laughs> would have been buoyed by UCD's win. Dan, right? So I was on. You were slagging me for going for a pint on. Uh, Friday. I was going to start a new regular series, but I haven't run it past you. It'll be a very short regular series going. <laughs> but, did Johnny go to the pub or the Galway game? Last week's update, Johnny: pub or Galway game? Yeah, I'll just be for the Galway games. In it's not not that straightforward. Last week it was a pub or Galway oh, game. Uh, pub. Yeah, I haven't but, run this new feature past you. But, but the we have to get a jingle. The racing post, right? They asked me to do all this new work in recent years. So it's it's twenty years I'm doing racing post tipping, which is a bit mad. Twenty years because Glenn Crow was playing for like. I remember it was around the Satanta Cup when I started. Some people who were conceived around then are now old enough to gamble on your tips. Jesus, yeah, don't do not do it, brother. And, um, <laughs> do it so, very responsibly. So the racing posts um, are basically paying me what they paid me back then, which is kind of mad, but like they've hardly any freelancers now. And I also do this extra work for their clients, right? Which I don't know what that is, but... Their rates have improved the same volume as, you know, League of Ireland facilities have. Yeah, in that yeah. Time. Yeah, actually, that's not a bad point, right? Competitive rates, I'm sure. So, so you have to tip for each Premier Division game. You have to tip, um, give the teams that you think will start, yeah. and just give a tip for each game. And a little, you give the starting teams. Yeah. Oh, okay. But but, but yeah. it's saved week on week, so you don't you make money. So this week you have to take out Sean Boyd, regular occurrence, right? So, so I'm sorry, Sean. But um, for was harsh on to take it. But um, it's also in the mailbag. Um, so anyway, I they were emailing me on Friday, like, uh, you know, sorry, mate, you, you got the you got the teams. It's like, oh yeah, give me give me an hour. Some talking email. Completely <laughs> forgot. Completely forgot about. Read aloud, right? Cockney email. So anyway, I felt bad. Um, so I got it all done early this week, and I wrapped it up, and I was in the extra time uh, page where they've all the teams like list from last week, and the on the on the right hand side of each uh, match in the Premier Division. I was like 4,400, 3,300, 4,000, 4,400, 7,600. And I was like, is this the League of Ireland I'm looking at? It just was so cool to see. It it is great, but you know, I I I do feel like we have to sort of, uh, like, we have to somehow get past it. And yet I'm the one that would go on about it all the time too. I'm I'm almost aware of it. It's like, Mm. 
you know, it's it's great, but it, there has to be a sense to like drive it forward. Like, because people could go, well, that's grand. You added up to twenty four thousand or thirty four thousand, but how many people is that to say Croker for something at the weekend, right? And I'm not. I know, and I know that's not a. It's an apples and oranges comparison. How many people are on AIL games? No, I, well, that's true. Yeah, okay, but we are when it comes to um, you know, funding and discussions around that, and there's a bit of that going on. We we often like you know. We talk about our stadiums. We're not positioning our stadiums relative to, say, you know, AIL grounds. We're talking about what's what a Connacht getting, what's happening with Caseman Park. What are we going to do about ours? We're talking about large scale stuff. So, uh, I think I think it's brilliant. Like I think it's fantastic. But it, it, there almost comes to a stage where we have to get beyond the. Geez, isn't it great that this is better than it used to be? But now it's a case of well, let's make it better than 2024 going for you but i I understand it. it's just natural nostalgia i mean my question today in our rascals brewing quiz i mean i might just do it now right because our guests by the way today are dave mcmillan and barry murphy um so not barry the comedian um but barry murphy the former rovers and And not brian murphy who you sometimes think it might be yes and um dave mcmillan obviously doesn't need any introduction um they might need to explain what he's up to these days probably should introduce him at least yeah okay what's your question the question well first of all right last week's rascals uh, first trivia or question was the last manager could you name the last manager of Dublin City Deck, Deck Martin set the question nice sponsor crossover um, but uh, the answer yeah was Dermot Keeley and the winner is Aaron Daniels so Aaron you will be having a, a guided tour of Rascals Brewery will be in touch um, this week's question right so this is the 2024 League of Ireland season if just in case you're not sure what year it is but 10, ten years ago sometimes I'm not actually well I'm actually yeah. not sure either um, t- 10 years ago 2014 um, in game week 2 the corresponding round of fixtures I mean this is just an answer you're going to have to go to the extra time archive and search this but I think it's a, we can have a talking point about this question next week which club around the country had the highest reported attendance the second round of fixtures in 2014. I know it's quite obscure. If you're willing to put in a bit of time, you'll you get it. But it's I can't believe that that this club, on a given week, had the highest attendance of any League of Ireland club. I'm very, very. How did you end up looking this. into this for that? Because I wanted to look back and see ten years ten ago. years on what was the cumulative on game week one and game week two. And I mean, it's what it's, was the difference? I, 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 it's some, it's basically over fifty percent up. You know, mm. like on the first weekend, for example, now it's not Cork City, they were playing at home, but there was a huge reliance on Cork City. They had something like 5-3 five, five, against whoever they were playing, Pats maybe. Which is similar to their crowds. Yeah, exactly. Friday. And that was by far the highest penalty. That was almost holding up the whole show, mm. you know, and there was Premier Division games on the opening day. UCD played Bows with 880 people at it. There was a couple of Premier Division crowds le- fewer than that a was at UCD. If for some reason I thought day. it might have been no, UCD. no. Well, there you go. Yeah, some some hints. But a uh, 2014 season. Anyway, that's the that is that is the question. I think you know to deal with some of the talking points that we can. Let's just crack. Well, into well, it's it's, it's pretty bows heavy. Let's be honest. Let's crack into the mailbag. It's time for the all new silk hand stitch collar and cuff mailbag. Let's dive into those stylish electric telegrams while we're still young. And it, it's. Um, Bose fans do like good moan, I think. Um, so, so you, yeah, you, 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 did, you did a good bit in the mailbag compilation this week, and you just messaged me last night going, whoa, it's Bose heavy. And it is. I mean, we don't get to read out every comment that we get, but I would say it's probably the club in the in the mailbag era such that we've, After a we've, heard, draw. We've, we've heard the most from. Massive sympathy for Rob Cornwall for, for this first start. Like, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, first game of the season. But this is a big point of the mailbag, Dan, where, where are Bose left? And basically... Um, Go to Pats now Friday. Who's going to be playing centre back? Yeah, well, this is it. There was a question from um, I'm trying to think who who was it asked the question. Owen Keating asked if either of us can play centre half. Which of us would have been a better centre back? Do you think? Oh, I'd say neither of us. I, I, That's I think, not an answer. Like. Well, um, do you know? I, think I was a right back. Between us, we could have been an okay centre half. Could have been. Um, like you'd be you, Can- Cannavaro like small you, but like one of these be probably amazing. too small to be a centre half like yeah like, the, <laughs> like you hear Gary Neville talking about being a centre half he was maybe a bit too small you could do a lot of sweeping if you were next to a really tall I player. remember I remember having a point. I'd be fine for distribution but like you know aggression in the tackle and stuff I'd be turned and also I'd be, I'd be spun all the time very easily uh, Maybe, but not not in your yeah. your in your prime. I remember watching not an Ireland prime. game in Bowes. What, yeah, a, what a boozer in uh, on Fleet Street with Stephen O'Donnell, and we we're talking about the the qualities of Patrick McElhinney versus say um, Shane Duffy. Like, and he, uh, Stephen O'Donnell's point is like centre back. 
Centre backs are just playing there because he can't play midfield. I, 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 I'm sure he'd love that discussion. Being his point there. was that Fats is more talented than Shane Duffy. That was basically his point. Fats I wonder, is a better I wonder, footballer because and and he used to. He, I wonder he, if his opinion has changed on some of this now. I, know, I don't think he might. Had issues at centre half at times. Congratulations on your big news and all that, and your one-all draw. But that was his point. Um, had another child to be clear that just sounds a bit weird yeah I, I think I'd be a better centre back than you but anyway, you're, can you're we get, can we get out of Bose and go back to Bose Bose yeah, I like possible. that one. um yeah, Scott Jono is divine walking dead at Bowes. How did they allow themselves to be in this situation? Squad depth, you know, Rory Bowes of one fifth centre back. Uh Rory 90, um, he's more blaming Pat Fenlon. They said Pat Fenlon's not adding to his role. Have we ever seen a professional club ask Bernard go into the season with one recognised centre back and another a youth player with absolutely no backup? I am conscious we are recording here on mm. Wednesday morning. There's a deadline there this week, so mm. maybe by the time this comes out, there might be some signing news. So I am conscious of that. And Keith Murphy, I don't, you know, despite the recent ground news launch of another cool jersey, I don't ever remember such negativity and apathy amongst the Bose support. Is it justified? I suppose one thing about apathy is, I mean, you start to see with people not turning up. Um, but I don't know, fell out boy, mood in the bar wasn't that poison, which sure isn't it great to be back, which is pure LOI gold. Uh, Bo was in serious trouble. I'm assuming this is Bo's related. Result irrelevant if that's the kind of performance we can expect. And Kay Keane, with Bo struggling to sign defenders, can Dan clarify if he knows who is in charge of signing players, Fenlin or Devine. So, um, look, my understanding of it would be that it's a, it's, maybe I've been listening to Mark Hannum talking about stuff, it's a collaborative process, you know, and that, um, clearly, you know the director of football will go about deals, but the manager obviously still has to approve. So, who looks deals. for the player in the first place? Well, that's Pat. I, 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 I see. This is the thing. My sense in it would be, I don't think I'm speaking at return here. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's a terrific dynamic there, potentially. You know, um, but you know, people may say differently, and they may say that's not the case. But I suppose you have a situation where um, Pat Fennan didn't appoint Declan Define. So like Pat Fennan say previously worked with Alan Reynolds at Waterford, but it was very much a duo. And yeah. and maybe if you, if you have if you haven't appointed someone, then maybe you might see the game differently. You might have different philosophies around yeah. certain things and and certain positions. And that's why it's a very important relationship in any club. You know, it's it's like it's it's vital that that exists. That you know, you you have maybe you're on the same page with the type of player you need, and um, and and I just think that that's, and it's I'm not I'm not laying this at anyone's door, but it just strikes me as something that um is isn't conducive to like a absolute harmony over over a period of time. So I don't know. Like I mean, they, like the, again, I mean, you look at it in one way and you go. Like the big thing at the club probably was to bring a bit of leadership back. You bring Buckley back, you bring Cornwall back, and they both have ACLs. I mean, that's desperate. That's just like from from Declan Devine's point of view. I mean, you, you know, that, that that's up. that's like that's the ultimate hard luck story. Mm. But clearly, you know, recruitment wise, um, you need to have more cover in your squad uh, for situations. So. Um, I suppose there's an element to watch this space about it. Uh, Joseph Lennon, solid star for the Saints. See some morning about ticket price rises on Twitter. I thought this was an interesting message. Interesting. We've been underpaying for years now and fans value product. Um, fans who value product will have to fork out for its upkeep. 17 euros is still a great value for match. I, 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 I'm not sure 15 quid is too cheap for a League of Ireland game, to be honest with you. I, th I think the thing about it is, like we talk about the attendance has been up. I mean, like, some of the season ticket deals are incredible. Mm. But it, do you come to the point as a club where it's like... Maybe these deals are almost too good. Mm. You know, like we now have the demand, and that, it's not balanced. Like it's the it's the working man's game. You know, like that affordability is an attractive. Facilities are generally rubbish. Yeah, and, and that's true. You walk into the ground and you're saying, "Oh, you pay twenty twenty five quid for mm. this toilet facility or this." So it's a it's a tough balancing act. I appreciate the point. Like maybe, and I don't know. Look, we're the two of us sitting around here with press passes talking about this, right? I mean, I am conscious of that, but like. I kind of wonder, I know some clubs might let, Rovers left their season tickets unchanged and, and a couple of people, um, but you kind of wonder in years to come, the clubs just subtly, and maybe some clubs did this winter, maybe that's part of it, um, but it's a balancing act. There is, there if, is you better if you have better facilities, it should be inflate, yeah, yeah, no, there's the, inflationary like 17 to 15 well. is about right. I, I, it wouldn't be an issue for me, but um, God, I remember Nick Leeson charging 25 quids 
to use the new stand to go United and like the club really really struggled from that and pissed off so many people um, when when Go United were actually better than they are now yeah yeah no it's it's fair I mean it's a, it's a fair point and, and again I'm maybe in, interested to hear more more mm. feedback on this subject um, Owen McDee any non-LOI team showing interest in the joining their proposed um, third tier has growth in loud oh, what's the loud reference attractive. there by the way um I don't know. I think it might be growth in league, and it might just have been a, a okay. Predictive yeah, that even I wonder if that was even mine. But I um, see Mayo, Mayo FC have just released their away jersey, and I was like, Jesus, this is cool, and it's a reminder of um, where are we on this stand? Well, I mean, Mark Camby has launched his football pathway plan. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, I got I, to see it the night in advance. Yeah, we got we got a few messages about it from various people, um, and I feel like it's the type of thing that I don't want to deal with it in a five minute mailbag mm. rush. Um, I think Mark Scanlon is going to be in at some stage, us in the next yeah. while, and maybe we can tease it out a bit more there. Um, like part of it is like a national league, sort of maybe not these anti terms, but like a national league north and south in the third tier. Um, have any non-LOI team showed interest? I think some have, but I'm not sure if they're necessarily the top ones you would expect. And I think, you know, you probably see some of the better university teams. Mm. Certainly the second teams hasn't been ruled out. Um, and I, I really think from a development point of view, I know people have their issues around, um, you know, a Shamrock Rovers 2 or a Pats 2, whatever. But I'm sorry, like we have an issue at the moment with the player drain. And if clubs are willing to put on a team to give games to 18-year-olds, like... It's and, and they can keep them in a better environment, then it's hard to send them on loan to a first division club training, you know, not in the, the place they play a couple of times a week. I'm like, all for it. Like, someone in pointed out to me the Shamrock Rovers B team, the last Shamrock Rovers second team, like you had Sinclair Armstrong and Ida Moamaku who are now done 21 strike force, yeah. amongst others involved, Kevin Zeff, even Sam Curtis. Um, and, you know, you, you you hear about certain players at clubs, you know, will we send them on loan? And no, we might want to have them around the environment here. I think Conan Noonan might have been one of those cases. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's... And, and look, I know that Rovers and, and these eventually end up releasing a lot of these players at a certain point. But I do think second teams... There's a development issue at the moment in that age group, 17, 18, 19, 20, and it's games that are needed. And I welcome any new team. And if there's university teams willing to come along, great. But I definitely think second teams, I have no issue with second teams being a part of that at all. I think sense, we, we need to completely suspend. I'm not sure about allowing them to get promoted, though. I mm. mean, this is part like maybe maybe that's part of it. It's like mm. if, it's, if this is about development, then why should you care if they get promoted into the mm. first division or not? Maybe that's part of it. Um, I know in other countries you have like second teams and stuff and and maybe if it is a development thing then that's that's the compromise but it can think generally like the problem is like it's it's you know it's 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 running in conjunction with um the manager stuff that's ongoing which I don't even want to go into here um so a lot of people are now knowing his name in association with that like there's a perception of indecision or lack of control of that process whether that's fair or not which is actually a really important um document i think there's stuff there about alignment color and alignment uh the pyramid that i think they are on the right track and i appreciate there's a lot of local concerns with people in their area but i feel that they have to talk and find a way through it because there's a map of ireland i, med- I mentioned this in the piece today there's a, like there's a map of ireland that has all the shaded areas like in this country you'd swear you're talking about the old ussr yeah, with so time right, zones yeah. and mm. like we are a country of three million people we just need to align mm. football and um, but i also know that there are small Rural parishes where Not this more is than three million, this, is, this is a this is a problem. Sorry, you're right, but the small rural parishes, you know, where you know the adult amateur running through the summer, I can see the, the difficulties there, mm. and and I, you have to find some flexibility with it. Um, but I think the bottom line message is a good one. But the other bottom line message is this is all great on paper. Where is the money for this? And I that's the questions I'm I'm asking at these things. It's like, okay, at the top end of it. Uh, where is the money for League of Ireland Academies? And like, this is the point. It's not about, I, I don't like always that, well, you're giving 50 million to this and you're not, that can, that's like, it's almost saying don't give it to them. I'm not quite saying that as such, but if you can find 50 million for that like this, and like, you, you know, surely there has to be a will to, to, to even to get some of these things off the ground to make a special case and a provision for something, some kind of centralised academy mm. structure or something. 
um, because I mean people talk about kind of in the presentations on about post Brexit things have changed we have more players based at home than ever that's fine the investment hasn't gone up in academies like the same there's actually fewer full time staff with you know Derry and Dundalk at the moment don't have full time academy heads as far as I know and um, Bose may appoint one but like so there's fewer than the last time we spoke we spoke about this topic so uh, and we're Damien Dove was bang on last week you know after the game in Waterford you know just talking about um, the the future of um, academies here and how this is the future of the international team but there's, there's actually been no additional investment into them in you know since they've become important do you know I was thinking this yesterday so like my my local club will say Shiv and Rovers at home like if you if you had a head of academy like Johnny Glynn was he almost becomes an overseer of the region he's a point of contact for all the so it's it's much more than that like so you have to take your League of Ireland hat off and say like these full-time people the work they could do is just so so I don't know. It's just a no-brainer to me, and it's, and it's you know, and, and like a lot of that can be administrative as well mm. as coaching strategy mm. as well. But anyway, Shane Murphy having watched, and, and for example as well, he brings like he would bring like the teams around the country to different training grounds and 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 train and actually give training sessions to clubs as well. Yeah. So that pyramid model that I want to see, where like there is a, a pathway from my local club up to the League of Ireland. That's what I I think we really yeah, need that's to what get the, there. and, and, and that's them, part of this. Obviously. And they need them on the same calendar. And like yeah, there was a strong comments from Damien Duff, but even the academies at the moment yeah. say they're great. And yeah, they're yeah, not. yeah. Shane Shane Murphy, having watched Waterford, I think this is directed at me because I was at the game last Friday. How do you think the two promoted clubs can do? Um, I really enjoyed Waterford. I have to say, a great buzz uh, around the place. You know, tackles within two seconds, go within three minutes. Um, and yeah, it just confirmed the view. I think that a lot of us feel it's going to be a very competitive league this year. And um, I think they've signed some good players. Uh, they lost their way a little bit in the second half How for did sure. Uh, Ammon did well. Like you know, the way they 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 sort of. I mean, both teams effectively went with a back three, although. It was you know, Shell's system Tyreek Wilson was very inverted as a, maybe someone could listen to me and say oh no that was a back four but anyway they were quite fluid um, Ammon was leading the line like you know he put in a hell of a shift with sort of Asamoah one side and uh, Connor Parsons the other slightly more creative and the sort of Bagley and Bagley's and a nice player Bagley yeah, yeah very tidy and mm-hmm. um, you know hard working and, and O'Keefe and um, yeah I mean I, I thought they were, were decent just ran out of steam. I think they're trying to do some signings this week. You, they 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 brought in options off the bench. You did okay, um, but they ben definitely they definitely need probably even a, a maybe I don't know. I think they're looking for an extra midfielder. Um, I would think so. Um, but no, it just confirmed your view. I mean, I mean, Sligo Rovers were a real fear team in, in pre-season, and and they've clearly gone and, and by the sounds of it, putting quite a decent performance um, away. I know Galway the pitch wasn't great. Um, that came and, up with Romeo Akachuka as well I should mention sealing that big so, well, it hasn't move. been announced but yeah he's on the way there so, um, Aiden for tomorrow's story um, but I think Galway I think I heard elsewhere you know that they won on the XG against Pats you know even though yeah, it was, no. but sometimes the XG is always well if you fall behind in the third minute you're more likely to be you know uh, knocking questions, you the, know, knocking the, on the door. The, the, what was the pitch like in the RSC? Actually? It wasn't great either. Yeah, no. I, I want to. I do want to bring this up with the lads when they come on because I think there's a broader point here to be made because um, the the spectacle in Terryland was terrible, Dan. Like it was practically unplayable, really, and um, it was an awful game of football, and nobody could have played good. It's football It's hard on. to assess them. Yeah, um, I th- so, I think, but I, I've done a bit of deal. I've done a bit of like deviling into this and delving into this, and we'll talk about it with the lads. We'll talk about it. I, I think the first weekend though, it is like you can mm. sometimes make dramatic assessments on the first week, and you know Dundalk, for example example when we talk about maybe with, with David and I, they were decent I watched the whole game back I thought they were, they were decent you know mm. another team maybe come in with a mm, not sure what they're going to be like vibe and we'll have a goalkeeper and, and and yeah but they were home to Galway then on Friday and it could, you never know Different like the, the collateral form and, mm. and so you just have to be conscious of that Caelan with Dr. Ronan Boyce who played for a Dublin club uh, he'd be chatting about non-stop appearances and goals yeah I think sometimes they're they're, they're overlooked. Um, it was a banger of a goal for his left foot. We have a few Rovers, car, Rovers, car, Rovers, the not comments. We'll deal with them with the, with the lads. Sean Boyd, Card Claxon, CMMPT. Jamie, good to have Jamie in touch again. Chocolate obsessed. Mars Bar or Snickers? Um, yeah, actually. Derek says it's a tough you're, one. You're dealing with apples and oranges here, really. Or in this no, case, you're not. You're dealing with Mars Bar or Snickers. It's a very tough one, Dan. And I'm a massive fan of, of both of the ice creams as well. Oh, I'd, I'd just give Mars Bars the edge. Mm. That's a good question. God, do you um, remember when they turned those confectionaries into like the Snickers ice cream, the Mars ice cream? They were exciting times. I thought they were mad expensive at like 95p or whatever it was. Now they're probably about three euro. 
inflation. So it was it was a different time. Mm. Tom Stafford had a question coming to him done to promote the Collingwood Cup and the way the GA do with Sigerson Fitzgibbon. You barely know what's on this week. It's always an oddness that it, it coincides with an UCD's case. Mm. I don't know about that. Um, potentially, but obviously it's harder for better players to be involved with it. Whereas Sigerson and Fitzgibbon, you'll have some of the top intercounty stars in the country participating. Um, could it be a way of you know? offering more football in January or something if you changed it and but yeah you're not going to have a club who has a player in education letting them play for a university David will be good on this as well because the, the introduction of like some of the college teams are very good we should yeah we'll, we'll talk that with Dave um, yeah. David Coleman can we open a spot to ball and what minute into the pod Johnny gives out about the ref in the Galway Pats game you haven't done it yet after week one Martin Dillon how many red cards will Caulfield and Horgan get over the season my guess is seven um, yeah well Steve Morris got sent off for you know obviously it's pointed out that at this age he shouldn't be doing it it's always been part of his game that he's very um He's quite abrasive, but like I don't, I don't like even reading the Galway United form, no real complaints about sending off. And um, the problem with Galway United this season, Dan, is if they go behind early as they did here to a great goal, that's going to be a problem. It's the same against Bowes in the Cup, huffed and puffed and created nothing really. And it could be that was what it was like Friday night. But as you say, Dundalk uh, Friday with Gary Buckley already injured and um, Stephen Walsh already suspended is going to be interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. Ha- Harry Coyne with a couple of treaty comments with the massive increase in attendance of treaty. Do you think the club can attract these figures for the rest of the season? I think it was just short of 2000 there. And I, again, I, mean, I was looking, Limerick FC obviously as was a decade ago, had something like 890 on the opening night. You know, um, Tom, I've I've had a bit of two, and, and has everyone underestimated treaty? Yeah, I've had a bit of two and fro with Tommy Barrett about this, where he was saying, "In fairness, we've always played good football," and I was kind of having a bit of emojis with him. And he said, "You you can't judge us on the games against Galway United here." To be fair, so Tommy would be quite insistent that they have played good football, but the the punters got a good start there, and I think you got to people almost forget treaty in terms of the investment, like. That this is actually a new, this is a new season for them with with more money, like yeah, yeah, no, they were li- they were literally paying expenses basically. But there was there was a betting market of like who would finish bottom of the first division. They were heavy favourites at home to UCD, for example. Yeah, and like and I and I was on to Ronan Finn as well. He's absolutely buzzing with life at UCD. So that battle for I think second, it's, yeah, I, I, no, you're just trying to figure. I mean, you know. Trying to figure out how good, you know, Cove had a very good season last year, lost a lot of players. Mm. Good to see a good travelling support with Kerry, by the way, in, yeah, in Cork. But 200. the kids, all the Coves and kids involved with Cork City, looked like even more at the Kerry game. Uh, with mm. the kids involved with Cork City, um, Colin Healy's son, Aaron, mm. and then Carlo Sullivan and Jaden Nume. And um, yeah, I think Cork next home game might be against UCD. So that'll actually be good because UCD are, they are the type of team that just no one wants them to go up, mm. but that they, they haven't lost too many, you know. So sounds like Ronan Finn played three different positions on Friday as well. But there you go. Yeah. Roy Johnson, uh, as a reference calendar year football, uh, leave junior soccer brackets Galway as it is, but again. Like in Mayo next door, they have a completely different league schedule, Roy. It's just mad that you're next door to each other and it's different things. It's just, I feel like a lot of things in football in Ireland are decided by, but this is how we've always done it. Yeah. That just seems to be the the, the, the prevailing actually. But this is how we've done it. Mm. Um, and Mayo is definitely an interesting case yeah. as well. Garrow, this is the first time in a long time LOI clubs have really taken the finger out with regards to stadium improvements, new stand in Tala, working on new stand in Brandywell, Talca seeing improvements. Yeah, but it, it is council-based still, although Derry, uh, Philip O'Darty's doing stuff. I mean, obviously, Finn Harps are still trying to get stuff done at the casement thing for them is a hell of a slap, really. Um, Donner, we've seen a lot of clubs available as a loan market. You feel it's to the benefit of the league or is just highlighting the inflation in wages clubs have to go down this avenue. Player drain is related to it, too. Um, Can I just bring you back on the Finn Harps situation, though? Is this not a, a case that Finn Harps basically need to find this money they do yeah no th- that is true but again when you have people because but they're all though they're like they're, they're they need to follow that money as part of due process and you have to match this and you have to match that but then 50 million is found for something in another jurisdiction as much as i'm a very patriotic 32 county minded person are you um, then oh i would be yeah i'd be i'd be voting in favor of same but um i wouldn't be like oh what will this mean for my uh what will this mean for our economy you know i wouldn't thank one you, of those people thank you fucking assholes yeah, yeah thank you but but um careful now um but in in saying that like it is outside the jurisdiction as a stance i know that i appreciate that there's three you know counties in in within the jurisdiction who will avail of it and it's, again Ulster GEA's history is quite traumatic and it needs a home I, I, I respect all of those points but again there's due process and there's due process and I've, I know I spoke about it over the winter writing about all the time Hildegard Norton 
I have found I have secured Every time Tendon. I look at Hildegard now I can't but think of that I have secured What so, have you found today? So like? can someone I mean there, you, you say that you can't find that Million for Harris But there's just no political will They don't have the friends To do it for them You know And, th- mm. and that's the problem But obviously they mm. have Their own issues with that And they haven't yeah. been able To match certain things Joseph Cavanagh Thoughts on boisterous behaviour On trains And Derry's <laughs> 75 away tickets allocation I did want to talk about this Derry uh, Restricted the draw The United allocation To 75 last week I met some inquiries At FEI level they should not have done that effectively. That is the FI. Of, of 3, it should be 10%. I think I was, uh, you know, the rules suggest that it should be a 10% allocation. Mm. Uh, they play Pats at home next week. Um, and I do believe that has, this has the potential to be an issue unless Derry and the FI are. You know, meet uh, some kind of uh, agreement, but I think the rule is unless agreed otherwise by Angarda Shikana and the FDI Safety and Security Department, or between participant clubs, the home club must make available for the away supporters tickets for a minimum of ten percent of the total venue capacity. Um, so it's 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 clear as mud. Well, no, not clear as mud. It's, what's the ops, what's the opposite? Clear mm. as mud. Clear as. Clear as day. day. Yeah. That's a, you, clear Dar- as day. Doris day yeah. Clear as day. Um, it's clear as day. So there you're going to have to grant Pats that allocation next mm. week or there's going to be, there's going to be trouble. Oh, United uh, on the other hand had an interest situation where the Pats allocation sold out straight away. So then they had to suppress ticket sales online because they didn't want, now that'll be interesting. Sorry, that's another thing. How many more people could you have got to that yeah. game? So, so that's, that's another that, game I was thinking of actually. So I was thinking yeah. this coming in, how many times ago United sell the away allocation pretty much to all the Dublin clubs and then... Will they sell out the home allocation? They probably won't if performances are like Friday night. The Pats, the fans on the train was a was one that I was uh, tipped off about. All right, so you're not supposed to drink in the train now, but that's because like basically, Aaron Road there and don't don't have anyone to sell cans on the train, so it's a load of bollocks, really. Now I, I've tr- I've tried to manage this on occasion, and um, so you can get away with it. You know, okay. unless you're boisterous, drink, don't be boisterous. Drink, actually, drink, drink, drink responsibly. Um, <laughs> do it on just the. Do, do it if you're listening to this. Just do everything responsibly. Yeah. Um, there's a question about Saudi piff and League of Ireland. Would the backlash be heavy? And yeah, God, I mean, I, I can't. We're, we're 30 minutes into the show. I just can't deal with that. I mean, it's a good question. Um, Damien Byrne, who did Dan do in his top scorer bet? Yeah, um, I'm intrigued by that, Dan. Uh, I did Graham Burke because I do him every year, uh, even though he doesn't, he may not play that much, but he is the player that on a given week can just score four, although there may not be those, those many games this year we do that. I did, I mean, it's not after timing because I did do it before the start of the season. I did do Jamie Gullen on the basis that uh, I heard good reports about him and he has an incredible dead ball record. So, feeling quite smug when he uh, scored a free kick, but again, how much service will he get week to week? That's I the tipped, question. Uh, I, and the... I actually did, I did three, I always did three or four. Uh, they've actually changed the terms this year to make it less attractive, uh, which is just typical. People must have been winning off that, so you obviously have to shut it off so people stop winning. Um, I did Johnny Kenny. As well, yeah. I just feel Rovers if they become if they become a bit more dominant again. He's won. Like it'll be a low score in leagues. So you look at a player who could maybe hit a streak and score five or six. But Pat Hooban, you know, in, in a couple of games, but Pat Hooban's the clear favourite. I mean, he scored the Andrew Canine stat. He had more touches in the box in that game than any Derry player did in any other game last That's season. That's a good stat. So um, I mean, I yeah. tipped uh, in the same game. My uh, anti-post tip was uh, France Perrault and um, Kev Doherty hauled him off at half time. Not happy with the refereeing apparently. He's a big lad. He wants to hold up the ball. He plays an old-fashioned way. I'm thinking like um, Marco Sullivan type player puts himself about but he was already on a yellow, so that that's not much good for my bet. He'll definitely need to be playing more than half of uh, the time this season. Um, I think Drada were very happy with the way they played, though, in many respects. Yeah, just not the not the result they wanted. But it's again, every game in the Premier draw or a one game, one goal margin, so it depends. But if you have other mailbag comments, we might deal with them with the lads. Uh, Joseph Lennon, I think, will give you the mailbag prize, the ticket prize one, because that is a that sort of. I think that, that stimulates a debate. Remind me what it was again? About the ticket prices in the league. And I think that is actually maybe a debate we can pick up and even maybe with our sponsors, Future Ticketing at some stage, to talk about do they offer mm. input to that type of thing. But uh, let's bring it. With a few other mailbag comments, we will, we will get through them with the lads. Barry Murphy and uh, David McMillan are in the house. And there's only one place to start. Um, you're a postman, Barry, which is, uh, I was just reminded, we were talking about Kev Doherty, you were actually, you're you're doing the rounds. Yeah, doing right. the rounds, yeah, you can probably see from the bags under your eyes, nice and early, <laughs> but um, yeah, doing the rounds and 
in college now as well. I've eight weeks left of that, so I'll be hoping to move into something marketing that. How can that. how can a postman turn up here at like half ten in the morning? It just doesn't that open my head. Just quick. quick <laughs> I also feel like you also told us this when he was in last week, last year, Johnny. You've just forgotten. This. I probably have. Yeah. Well, and I was like, we were talking earlier about forgetting what year it is. You but know, it's like, but do you know it's it's, it's completely mad. You've just talked to so many postmen affiliated to the League of <laughs> Ireland. <you laughs> yeah. we've two lads who very recently played the League of Ireland who are now who are now have actual jobs that don't involve training the 15s or you know training whatever. Macmillan, the the kid. Well, hang on, left, no, our whole a, point is, is sorry, just to be clear, we're actually trying to create more full time <laughs> jobs in the I industry. Am football. Yeah, if you're going to get funding, don't play with the actually real jobs. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, not, we're not sending you in to negotiate <laughs> this. Could we have some fake jobs, please, if possible? Um, I'm yeah. a postman who finished at like ten in the morning or something. Is this? Is a- am I finished though, or am I just <laughs> going back to that? <laughs> and you're an architect who work from home. So that, what are you up to day to day then? Um, Designing buildings. Cool. <laughs> Designing uh, stadiums if possible. I'm yeah. looking around here because it's a nice little office fit out and that's what I'm working on at the moment. So yeah, ah. get some inspiration in here. You, but you were, you were kind of doing this when you were football or anyway. Yeah, I think mm. in nearly three years set up the company with my brother. So um, had kind of started, but doing bits on the side, I suppose, while I was mm. still playing when I had a, enough time. Now just full whack into it. Yeah. Did you see Rory Gaffney was talking last week about he's doing a, a day in BDO uh, through Kieran Medler, the chairman, and I, I mean, I did hear when like there was other clubs were in for Gaffney last year. I mean, Rovers had that up the sleeve, you know, and that is the thing yeah. you can say to a player. And I mean, they've used it with Ronan Finn in the past, right? That you can you can use your network to give a player a, a bit of a head start. And I mean, I guess from the player's point of view, you were able to do that at Dundalk, and I guess that was an attractive thing to be able to manage that. Yeah, I think there was a couple of players at Dundalk with. Um that's sports. Yeah, <laughs> well. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Even when I left on Dock, I think it was Galway where I sort of mentioned the Comer brothers and stuff like that in terms of could you get some work down here? And there's definitely temptations, but I think um, sometimes you have to take it with a pinch of salt. It's not always, doesn't always work out. People will offer things and maybe it doesn't come through. But mm. sure, um, Surely is it, is it not better for a footballer to be doing something else in his or her spare time? Because it just, I'm like thinking you go training, 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 you play a game, you go training on repeat. Is that like... I, I think I find the hardest in Scotland because you've no family around either. Like you can't just uh, pop over to my mom's after training and mm. say hello and kill some time. But mm. when you're over there and you're kind of on your own, I think you you do need something else. Like you could be finished at one o'clock at home at one o'clock. Like what do you do? You can't watch the chase all day. You need something yeah. to do. Mm. So, well, you, well, you uh, can. Like obviously, yeah. to be clear. Um, <laughs> like obviously, lads will play PlayStation or something. Like, but, you only go yeah. to the chaser. <laughs> Not really. No. Shite it actually. Yeah. yeah. Problem with that though is you get a manager to go. We're putting training back an hour. And then mm. suddenly you can't give it to work. Like it's it's kind of no strict guidelines of time where it'll run longer training. Like so, mm. you know. yeah, it is a tough one because you, you do like again part of the game now is having a version of full time football. So you don't want something that's deemed to be taking away from it. But in saying that, you have a responsibility to the person to like allow them to upskill for later in life. So there's a balance. Yeah. There's a balance between the two. Like I did, I did find sometimes, and I know that the Dundalk situation in 2016 was different because you were still training evenings, right? And stuff. But part of me was like, oh, I don't even like some of this. Oh, it's, here's an architect and a, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, an engineer and all this. And it sort of demeans them as, as footballers. So there's a, there's a balance in that. It was great for puns, though. Like you know, Macmillan is hoping to be the architect. Well, the English of, like, media, oh, no, yeah. downfall. It's great for the like the like you said, the UK media come in yeah. and say, but then it just cements that perception. In the morning, he's making ass. Is in the evening, he's breaking off. But that's also part yeah. of like you know. That's why we'll offer twenty grand for your player because we think yeah. you know. So there's there's, there's something between you know. Do you know what I'm saying? There's there's a balance between the two. Mm. But I think even with the Mark Cannon stuff, there is an element that they have to attach education to it that every level of football and this is some of the better parts of that plan every level of football has to be attached to a level a tier of education and to me Mm. in terms of making the government funding case um you need to have something like that you can't just say give us funding for football so we're better at football but if you're doing Mm. it that you're actually uh creating something better than the old industry of exporting people who end up damaged because of because of uh, football chews them up. You know what I mean? Like, there has How to be does that work, Barry, then? It's, it's, it's like, it makes perfect sense to me, I think. 
Well, like I went back to college at this, when I went back in 2019, when I went back to Pats and it was an evening course, so it kind of worked for me. But then I was working in the morning, going into training at nine, going back to work and then going to college. Like, so mm. 12 hour days nearly. Like, so if mm. you want to do it after, you can, but you have to put in the time. Like, but mm. yeah, it has been so like, Rovers would say to you, listen, we'll, we'll get you something outside, outside the kind of football side of it if you want to come in and, and sign for us. Like, that's kind of what players are looking at now more than the, kind of when we were. We were signing for two years on, on decent money, like, but now you're kind of looking, you're being told, kind of advised better nearly about getting uh, sorted outside of I, I was football. talking to Dane Massey during the week because my mate's playing Astro with him now um, and I was just saying to Dane, do you miss it? And he's like, to be honest, I don't. I, I'm life is good what was it like for you when it was like retiring mm. um i think just having something to jump straight into was just mm. made all the difference because you couldn't miss it like you're just too busy to to mm. to even think about it like i just found it was probably one game i went to last year in Inchicore. it was a sunny day in april maybe or something i was like geez it'd be nice to be out there then i was thinking yeah but that's probably four or five months of hard hard work the lads have put in in pre-season mm. i was like yeah maybe not so mm. um just when you're busy, you don't have time to think about it. I think you don't have time to even think about missing it too much. And mm. um, I went to the President's Cup game last week and I was like watching it and I just, Jesus, it feels weird that I was actually out playing this game four or five years ago. Like, it, like I feel so far away from it, even though it's only been a year. So Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it really did. Um, and obviously staying involved in it as much as I can because obviously enjoy going to games, enjoy doing the LOI TV and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it just felt the world away, even though it's been yeah only a year. <laughs> yeah. I should mention before we move on, the lads actually corrected us off fair that some of the ticket price discussion messages that we had, um, I think it was like 24 euro for, for some away fans going to Richmond Park on Friday, 21 euro um, for Talca. But again, you know, limited capacity, that's been an issue with um, with allocations and prices and there was a couple of issues um, around this last year. So you're going to really, really like mm. decrep- decrepit away sections as well. Like Talca is, is a terrible away section if there's any rain. It, you get pissed on. It's a horrible experience. Yeah. How can you charge people more to go to that? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I, anyway. I, okay, lads, you both ended up watching, uh, maybe not surprising given your... Let's start uh, with uh, Leon Poles. Uh, it has to be. Okay, so I want to talk to, I want to talk to Barry Murphy about Leon Poles, but here's my theory. You were ranting about Leon Poles last week. Not ranting. I was ranting. Quite, no, quite, quite critical of him. I was. I think there's a slight danger of confirmation bias happening here, where people start the season thinking Leon Poles is going to be a problem, and there's no obvious weakness, and then he concedes a goal. Well, that's it. That proves my theory no, 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 about no. Leon Poles. No, no, no. Because I, I do think with Leon Poles, I was actually struck by the President's Cup game that there was a couple of times he pinged passes out like perfectly to mm. the Rovers. And you see Bradley uh, applauding and I'm like thinking, there's a bigger picture here about the goalkeeper and the way you're playing and, and distribution and, and what they offer to the team. And you see like Gavin Bazuna at times has conceded bad goals, but he never gets dropped because the manager is like, well, he's essential to how we want to play. But... I don't know. We'll throw it to the actual goalkeeping expert here who does watch, does games for Shamrock Rovers TV, so he's going to have to comment on Leon Poles a lot. But I don't know. What do you think of that goal last Friday and, and the Leon focus? Yeah, initially I thought he could have done better with um, I kind of watching back on it. He just not moved his feet. I think there was, there was an issue last year with, um, I think it was Brady Blick away. It was a, kind mm. of a header and it was, it was a high enough ball, but it was one he should have saved him. Again, the issue was his feet. Listen, he's, he's obviously a talented lad and the difference between now and three years ago when they struggled with the goalkeeping situation was they bedded him in. They haven't just brought an outsider in now to, to try to replace Alan or whoever it was at the time. But yeah, I think when he sets up his wall, he's got a five-man wall and he's got Trevor a yard to the left of it. And obviously it's, it's not helped him that Neil's gone off. He would have been the, the taller man at the end of the wall. But Good point. That's, that's what you want, is that from basically from the, the nearest side to the goalkeeper, you want your tallest man down to the smallest man, especially when it's a right footer hitting over the wall. So it's gone over Trevor, the smallest man who wouldn't be there usually. But he set up, I, I watched the backhand, he set up his feet and his, his position really well, but he's taken one large step to the right, where in that situation, to get technical about it, we do this thing called a crossover. You, you put your right foot out to the right, left cross is over and your right foot again. So you're getting three small steps in and you're getting your power jump off your right up into the top corner, basically. But it's not gone into the top corner. It's gone two to three yards inside. Power inside jump post. Uh, off your left foot to your right hand, kind of? Is so, it no, so you're going you're going right, left, and the last one is your right foot. If it's gone okay. into the right foot. So, so yeah, it's always yeah, yeah, the closest yeah. foot yeah. To, the, to the ball is the one you're going to get the power yeah. off. So he's gone right foot and jumped, basically. A small little one and then a jump. 
so he's not done the kind of things you usually use for cone work for for basically that kind of save normally if it wasn't a free kick but with that he's given time to see where it's going and you kind of know he's going there like um so he's yeah. not moved his feet yeah he, yeah you see the thing is there's the thing now is well the keeper can't be beaten on his left hand side it's like this myth that it can't be beaten at the post so you're overcompensating on the left hand side in case he whips it that side and basically the blame's on you kind of that way so he's gone stayed a little bit too long put, put a step to the right and it's one large step instead of moving his feet and he's not got there you know he's got decent enough hand on it I think and that makes it worse because he's pushing into the top of the net if he's if he's kind of gone on his knee and looked at it and thought would oh, you have saved it would I have saved it I, I'd like to think I would have saved it in my earlier years I think I was a, a kind of powerful spring goalkeeper and I kind of lost that throughout the years and as a as a smaller goalkeeper I couldn't afford to lose it and that's kind of where I started to degrade I think for him he's a bigger man he's 6'2", 6'3", but is he staying 6'2", 6'3", when he's jumping you know he's not making it to the 6'4", 6'5", where the, ball, where the ball is where I could kind of get to that but the likes of Alan has that spring as well as being a big man, Alan Manison. But it's for Leon, it's about coming out of Alan's shadow. Alan wasn't a great kicker of the ball, where Leon is, you know. And as as you alluded to earlier, um, they're playing out from the back now. He's pinging balls out that people aren't noticing because it's becoming routine for him. But Alan kind of only adapted to that in, the, in his latter career. Like, he was kind of kicking balls and they were making halfway line and things. But, but like, they weren't pinging out to, to, to fullbacks. He... Adapted kind of later in his career, but Leon has that in spades now. So you're kind of weighing those two factors up now, and then you've you've, you've got the knowledge that he's been there now for a couple of years. So they've they've had a good look at him as well. Like in your, I think that's, that's a brilliant appraisal. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, just on that, then you mentioned the near post. Um, and I know he kept a clean sheet last week, but like the President's Cup game, Pitaluga, and, and, and I'm guessing the third one was just very obvious. He just made a mistake. Any yeah. keepers annoyed? What about the first one then, the Trevor Clark near post? Is that? Because it is, it is so true. Everyone just says, oh, "I shouldn't be beating at the near post," and that's goalkeeper analysis from the non-goalkeeping yeah. fraternity. But it just it covers you if you don't get beaten at the near post. But a goalkeeping coach, you go, "You're, you're leaving eleven yards or never feed the goal there." Like mm. if you cover your post, like so, he's come a yard or two past his post, which he shouldn't have come to. I kind of said at the time during commentary, um, he's a big lad. He kind of made himself smaller. Trevor, it's a good finish, but he stays up there and he gets done through his legs, nothing said, and mm. um, made himself a big, bit smaller. And Trevor, it's a really good finish, but yeah, he's he's just kind of come a yard or two past his near post, whereas he's, if he stays in the near post, Trevor has a decision to make. He's just usually just smack it at them or they pull it back. Trevor's had a look, seen nobody's there, gone to smack it high. He's tried to do it. Keeper sold himself kind of a bit too early going down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. Did you, when you were playing, did you know a certain goalkeeper where you're like, um, there was a good anecdote I heard during the week about Peter Cech reading a guy who basically he knew he'd changed his mind on a penalty because you'd done so much homework. Did you know goalkeepers like intimately in terms of what they might do? I don't think so. Um, like it wouldn't have been something definitely not early in a career that you would have been looking at too mm. much. You would, I think penalties probably the one thing when you're taking them you knew. I don't know, where people had shot against the keeper, that kind of thing, where he might have saved some. Um, the only one I can think of is is Jared Hardy, who was such a good kicker the ball. He, for me, he used to always overcover his near post, probably similar to what... And mm. that's what I think I can remember scoring goals against him where he was overcovering. And to me, I hate that saying of he shouldn't be done as near post. Like, it makes mm. no sense. Like, a goalkeeper should position where he makes as hard as possible to score. That Wherever that is, for a striker, that's where he should be. It doesn't mean near post or far post. Um, so, no, I don't think we're... I think now there's probably more analysis done than ever. Like, that has just grown year on year, mm. from me even starting out, where you're doing very, very little. And that's mm. probably quality of footage and stuff now. You have every game recorded and clipped and all the rest. You never had that when I was starting in UCD. You might be lucky if you got a clip of... What we were probably watching that TG Carr back in the day. Who was your UCD highlights. goalie in those days? Jer uh, Barron, Billy Brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lads, yeah. I'm yeah, just thinking, maybe, was it your last home game with Dundalk that you pinged a free kick in? Um, First and only, I think. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, from the Dundalk perspective, like uh, uh, Jamie Gullen, who scored, he, I, I, we mentioned it before you come on, like he does seem to have a repertoire of like, free kicks. It's a nice... Uh, it's a nice skill, to, you know, it's a nice skill to have. Um, but what did you make of him generally? What did you make of him? I think it was strange because, as I said, it was at the Presence Cup game and I thought Rovers looked really good and Pats looked really poor. And you come back a week later and you're thinking, you know, Rovers struggled a bit against Dundalk and then Pats go and win like, a rotten game, but probably the best result of the weekend, really, mm. considering the conditions. Um, 
I thought Dundalk were really good. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Obviously, a lot of unknown players, like two midfielders, Scott High, Zach Bradshaw. Mm. No, I'd never seen either of them play. Yeah. I thought Bradshaw in particular looked a big, tall unit of a guy. Reminded me a bit of a Shieldsy in there, you know, getting around the pitch well, making I think a problem. I think, I think a problem position for Dundalk maybe since Shields left, yeah. potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably been a few players in there who they've tried, but I think... Certainly for legs getting around the pitch, yeah. covering in a pitch like Tallow, where you have so much ground to cover against typically a, a box midfield where you're normally outnumbered. I thought he did particularly well and stood out. And the goalkeeper was one that I thought Shelby was good. Shelby, yeah. Yeah. what you like, Barry? Yeah, you were saying about that kind of bias early on. Like you're just looking for a, like a nothing game for for a goalkeeper. You want to be like a referee unnoticed, basically. Yeah, he came, dealt with everything. Kicking was good. That's that's going to really stand to him now going forward. I think yeah. Mm. He gave a very good interview on RT as well. He sounds like a lad that'll be good in yeah. the dressing room. Kind of. Yeah. How do you make the standard though? Like the whole goalkeeper. This is your this is your thing now. I, I'm pretty sure you're just giving him the same interview you gave him last year. <laughs> what do you make the this standard? Is the plus actually? one Barry Murphy channel. Um, Ed McGinty's back actually as well, which he might have a case. It's be. funny how many goalkeepers have changed though. Five mm. of the teams have changed their goalkeeper this year, think, mm. if not six. Like I know Ed McGinty's back now, but. In general, a lot of them have changed their goalkeepers. Brendan Clark back in the top yeah. flight. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of experience coming back there. But like you look at Evan McGinty, the save he made, I don't know, kind of went unnoticed the save he went against Bowes the other day. It's kind of clipped the six air box and flipped up and he's got a hand to it and put it over the bar. That's an incredible save. Mm. Like if you've got angles behind the goal with cameras and like they'll be showing that during the week. Like, but obviously just League of Ireland TV, you've won camera and it doesn't look as good. Like, but mm. yeah. yeah, it's an unbelievable save. Connor Kearns actually didn't have his best game uh, last week, but he made, an ama- he made a really, really good save. Mm. But the ball had gone out of play, I think it was offside from Amund actually. It was a really, really I, good save. I, I watched that. I, I, yeah. That was a really bizarre, t- brilliant save and yeah. got no cover. It's an unbelievable save. Mm. It's a perfect save. The reason was the ball didn't count. But I thought the ref had actually called a foul. He did. He gave yeah. foul, it was yeah. a cross mm. in, I think, was. Uh, I don't know it was Connor fouled. Parsons. It was a coil. I'm not Mar- sure actually. Yeah, maybe Mark Coyle fouled him. Well, but like Ammon's gone. Done, brilliant header. I think it was Ammon. Brilliant yeah. header. But and the ref up before he'd even headed it, blown for a free yeah. kick. Mm. Yeah. Ammon the buried it in the court. He was given a free. Like was there was there was there was mayhem in the the so the press box area. There was mayhem there. Actually, well, there was a lot of mayhem because the Fleetwood crew were in front as well, and <laughs> Andy Pelly's son was there, and, and back to some of that. But um, it was but it was an amazing save. And he like Conor Cairns had a really shaky start to the mm. game, and then all of a sudden he just like he produces that. But just thinking, Dave, like on the weekend that was. Um, got and it's a Dundalk thing, but it's also a it's a dairy thing, like Pat Hoobin scoring. And this was a big thing in the winter about Pat Hoobin. Uh, Dundalk were willing to let him go. You know, Derry would desperately wanted to get him, and a lot of it became quite personalized. You know, and what's going on there. I think there was obviously a lot of tension around it. But you, but then you did hear that maybe maybe from the Dundalk point of view, they felt he may not necessarily suit the way they need to play now if they're going to be maybe more counter-attacking at times but obviously Derry spent a lot more time in the box he could really suit them and, and we're going to be mentioned he made more touches in the box than any Derry player in any game last season so in a way like is that a weird example of a transfer that maybe worked for both teams yeah I, th- I look I, I genuinely don't know what was going on at the end of last yeah. season when all that kicked off and both sides seemed to have a different story of exactly what mm. happened so um you just sort of Leave that up in the air. I think it is a deal that seems to have suited both. For whatever reason, the dog obviously felt maybe in games probably like the one in Tala. Yeah. Because I think Pat didn't start one in Tala last year, but John Martin started somebody maybe a little bit more mobile, we'll get around the pitch a little bit more. Um, and maybe they felt that's the way they're going to have to go in more games. And that was maybe the discussion had. And look, Pat's a guy who's not going to accept not playing. He wants to be the forefront of everything for a team, particularly the club captain there as well. Yeah. So if that was something he was told, I'm sure he wasn't going to accept it lightly. And as you said, it's a deal that probably suits. I think everybody looks at it and goes, right, what are Derry missing? And that's probably what they were missing. Wouldn't you, you love know, to see Colin Whelan back as well? Like. Yeah, I mean, Colin was unbelievable for three or four mm. games and you just thought, this is the perfect match. But mm. um, I'm sure it'll take him time to get back as well. And if they have the two of them fit, you know, I'm sure Pat's not going to be able to play every single game. You know, I yeah. don't know what age he is, 32, 33. Um, 
you know, he'll need somebody else coming on late in games and vice versa. I think they'd be, you know, if Derry had both of them firing, they'd be yeah, a very, very strong outfit. I love, I love the celebration too. Like, there was a lot of, like, straight up to the fans, grey roar. Like, it was, like, new colours here. I do, Just very briefly, remember that Pat Hoobin tribute night because Chris Shields was doing a kind of a roving mic. And I was, like, he was way away from me, like, down with some of the patrons. And I was, like, come on, Chris. Like, give us this. Who did you actually prefer? Who was better, Macmillan or Hoobin? And he goes... I was always a killed off man. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Like. That's a good answer. Um, just, just moving on from Colin Whelan and God, I'm thinking unlucky ex-UCD players. I mean, the Faruja thing was another thing on the opening night. Like a player who you really feel a is the one who could get around the Ireland squad has been ready, yeah. and B to be honest, I've heard it been spoken about in dispatches potentially could be sold like could potentially get a move and it's a nightmare and there's two sides it's just a bad luck for him but uh, Josh Tormey did have a question like was it oversight by Rovers not to recruit more in the wing back department and it's a weird thing because they've got cover in every position both injured in day one but but then you now look at it and you're thinking right who's going to play that position and we saw in Europe last year but Rona Finn is now left Sean Gannon is now left so are we talking Darren Nugent are we talking Pushing one of the centre halves out. I like think Josh Honan could do it actually. The way he's what, what do you think? Yeah. I think Honan will, will slot in there. I think they might have to adapt. I think Pico might have to come back off his break a little bit earlier. I think then to kind of slot in and, and maybe Lee Grace moves over. But he's adaptable that way. But I think Honan is kind of bought for that first Italy as well. That mm. he can he can slot in there. But yeah, it isn't. It'd be cool seeing Dara Richard Burns Hell as a right wing back. Richie, no, they yeah, trim, they trim yeah. on the last ten minutes in one of the games last yeah. season. Was it up in Derry or something? I mean, you do a competent you, job. You know, I don't know. You, would you have ever thought Ronan Finn would end up playing as a wing back when you were playing with him? No, sort of ten or twelve years definitely ago. Definitely not. I th- they, it is. Yeah, it's it's not going to be an easy fill for them. Eat both sides as well. Obviously, Sean, yeah. Was it Sean Cavanagh started left wing back? Yeah, he it? did. So, yeah. Like, I mean, a brilliant footballer, but not somebody. I think people said it was it was that energy that they get from say Trevor and Neil mm-hmm. that they'll miss. Um, no matter who's there, I think I'm sure Josh Allen could fill in there. He's a big unit of a fella. He's done yeah. started very well, but um, probably won't have like twenty minutes or whatever. Neil was on. You were thinking, geez, he looks like a. You know, he looks a beast. He looks a, you know, I think Owen Doyle was talking about, um, you know, the athleticism of League One, League Two, and where we're maybe falling short and that, mm. you know, technical ability, mm. okay. But like, Neil looks like he'd step up to that, no problem, mm. even in 20 minutes watching him. And uh, he's going to be a massive miss. We, we, we had a comment. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Johnny. We, we had a comment about that. Actually, it's funny that, that Owen Doyle comment, I think it was Chris Foley saying, you know, biggest change you noticed know, was after returning from England was the, le- the league lacks pace and power. Like, who do you think are the biggest sort of tanks in, in League of Ireland history. Yeah. Like when, you, when I think of, when you think of pacey and powerful players you come up against, like who, who springs to mind? <laughs> Whoever put the burners on JJ Looney the other day in Waterford. Oh, that's a game. He's in the slow lane in the motorway in a mm. car that's like, it's just he can't, he could not win that race. Mm. It was, I'd imagine that's the nightmare scenario when you realise you're isolated one-on-one. You realise you're isolated one-on-one. But I'm trying to think in terms of like... Ogbeni would have been somebody yeah. else, you know. Mm. Yeah. He was in that kind of mold that's some the other day. He was just head down, knocked the ball 10 yards ahead of you and chase after mm. it, and it works. Like, it's working yeah. in the premiership for Ogbeni, like, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, you, you watch that Samoa after 10 minutes and you're like, he's going to do all right in the league here. And particularly for a team that's more likely to be play into his strengths at times followed you know, our ex like, account last night I mean he's, he's going places there we go. yeah just a new, new follower there we go oh, uh, it's okay. public knowledge well that's yeah. it that's obviously going to have they're going to mention I'll, me turn in very positive <laughs> comments from Johnny about him now just yeah. uh, slide into I, his I, DMs I ever so slowly I don't want to be harsh on him man. I, I'm, I'm finding it fascinating but I do think and I'm talking to Rovers fans in this there are definitely people who remain to be convinced and it's one issue I think opposition teams will target as you know yourself, Barry, as a keeper, it's like, I also think they don't have a bad subkeeper. So, like, I I, I, I feel that's going to be interesting going forward. Targeting in what kind of way? What, as in set pieces? Yeah, and I think they'll they'll think he's one of the, if you're an oppositionality, you'll say, I think we can get at their keeper. I thought in the second half, he came out and collected two corners mm. then, like, which is, obviously built his confidence. I don't think he's a big lad. Like I was mm. standing beside him the other day watching the warmth. Like he's six two, six three, like he's a unit. It's mm. just when you look at him and then it's more of a presence with a goalkeeper. You look at Alan, he was like he was wide, he was tall, he was everything. He was a presence, he had a personality about him. He will grow into that, I think, Leon Pose. And and like he made the saves as well. He made a couple of saves in the President's Cup final as well. Yeah, I 
I, I was going to say, sorry, I thought going United to target the Pats keeper in Terryland, like, because he didn't have a gear in the Fresh Cup, didn't happen at all, actually, just, there was nothing there, yeah. um, but anyway. What, I mean, I, we had a comment in the, the classic, you know, do we, you know, after Rovers struggles against the Docks, we think it'll be more open season than we thought, but, I mean. Rovers should probably still have won the game. We're, we're in, we're in week two, but I don't know, what, where do you stand on the, the title pitcher, Dave? Is it sort of Rovers first to rest it nowhere, or do you think there's more? Layers to it. I think this has got back to what I said earlier. Like last week, if you'd asked me after President's Cup came, I said, just no one's going to stop Rovers. And mm-hmm. um, a week later, you know, even though you, you're right in saying they probably should have won the game with the slightly better chances, but Dundalk also could have been tuning up in the yeah. game. Um, and then Derry go and win. Not, I'd say, all that a brilliant performance either, as in draw, they probably could have got something out of the game. So I think those two, anyway, are it'd probably be a battle between them. And then how big know, is the Frugia? I think it's a massive loss mm. for him. Like, I think him and Gaffney are their two outstanding players. Like, if they're playing every week, and Gaffney probably is one with his age, You're might be able attacker, to play every like, week. I mean, Pico Lopez is practically, like, world yeah. class, and he's not... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, come on. But I think yeah. when you're going to watch them, yeah. you know, going forward, and that's what they're generally doing, is attacking. Mm. They obviously have, look, Dan Cleary, Sean Hoare, they have some of the best centre-halves in the league, <laughs> and a lot of them. Would you have been um, proud of Rory Gaffney's clear foul for the equaliser? Uh, just barrel oh, yeah. it was an absolute it was a var like it was but yeah it was it was it was it was just a soft concession as well too <sighs> yeah Gaffney's but like the, like the olden dog team was like the, the, the olden it was the master of the block and the set piece mm. so like that was a you know the amount of goals from that avenue I was on the olden dog team Darren Horgan looked sparty enough the other mm. night as well you sort of forget like he had a long year last year mm. coming now straight fresh. well he had you know he had an issue with uh, you know kids being born after Christmas travelling he arrived at the dog after after a, a mad year in a lot of ways, and I'd imagine probably recharge the batteries, and you sort of forget like he could be a top player in the league this year, yeah, very very easily. Interesting to see where he plays because yeah, uh, he kind of played off the right quite narrow. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of played as a ten a lot last year, so I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how Stevie uses him, whether he goes back on the wing or, or sort of stays in that probably in that narrow right position because I think they have other options on the left wing. Um, so yeah, good to see him playing so well again. Yeah, I would have to get the lads on the this um, week's games. Yeah, well, just for that actually, would you the third tier situation and you've got college experience like this? This would be great to happen. A third tier. Mm. Yeah, I think so. If it's if it's right for the clubs and it's like it's going to be for the clubs that don't have huge followings. It's I'm sure it's a financial burden as well. So if we if it's done correctly, I would hate to see it rushed in and it doesn't work out. You know, it has to be well thought out and um, yeah, make sure it works. For, set up properly. Are you okay with like Rovers B and St. Pat's bringing in a B team potentially and all that into the? I think into the third tier, maybe. Yeah, mm. I don't think they've any place in the second tier. Okay. Um, but yeah, third tier again. You don't want teams dropping in and out. You want a consistency in it. Like you don't want the Rovers B team and then suddenly they're out again, and or a, a Mayo team and, and then they can't afford it after two years and realize mm. the outputs from that. Like, but no, I think it, it's definitely the, the right way to go. Are Pat's title challengers? Yeah, I think so. Um. I think if you look at <laughs> the problem for Pats is Rovers. They lost them three <laughs> times last year. It's an easy thing to say. Mm. You take those nine points and you switch them around, Rovers or Pats were in the league. Like, you know, mm. that's as simple as that. They were, anytime they got close to Rovers, they played Rovers, lost, went on an unbeaten run, played Rovers again and lost. That's kind of, and then they, they were suddenly eight, nine points behind. That's kind of the, the tail of the season for, for Pats mm. last year. So it's about getting those huge wins in Galway. You know, it's that's a really, really positive start for them. And then, not getting beaten by Rovers really that's kind of you stay in there you don't lose you get a, you get a draw and you, and you bring it on to the next set of games and, and suddenly you're closer again so I think they've definitely closed the gap with their signings anyway the, the core team I think the keeper will come good I think the, you've got Keaton up front you've got goals you've got creativity in midfield I think Forrest is obviously playing a little bit deeper now but yeah I think the squad is there to challenge really um, just, just yeah. looking at this week's fixtures it is a weird one you could actually could you get the, could you get like five minutes of all four games if you could get a ticket? With the four Premier Division games on Friday, you've got Drawdy United Waterford, you've got uh, Dundalk against Galway, you've got Pats Bows, and you've got Shells and Shamrock Rovers, and you've got what's like Rovers Derry on Saturday. If you started, you possibly could. Traffic could be a bit of difficulty, but you know, like you know, in Qatar, people try to do like four games in one day. So you could go, go to all matches on the you, night. You could, like you could start off. It's like Tom you, where would you start? Like. Where would you start? Um. Just talk, I presume. Probably starting the dock, down to draw the Talca and over to Richmond for the last sort of 10 minutes. Now, you should be certified, but you could do <laughs> Yeah, it's like. maybe not something yeah. we should advise. But if you had a, I don't know if you're on uh, any duties this weekend, lads, but I don't know if I gave you a sort of a, 
uh, your 21 quid or your 24 euro or whatever <laughs> it is. Day, which, game, which game would you go to? Which would be your choice of the two derbies on Friday? Because they're both interesting in their own way. I'd go to Shells and Rovers. I think it's going to be a great game. It won't be a great game. Rovers are, Shells just, Shells are terrible to watch against Rovers at home. They just, every time, every time I go to this game, I'm, I'm upset by how negative Shells are because they have to play that way against Rovers, they think. Oh, the Maybe last I'm game wrong. last season when they got the equaliser late, I, I know Maybe the game you're talking game, yeah. about. Yeah. I've been, anyway. You're in the pub. That's where you go. Yeah. No, I was in the pub. Yeah. Um, I am actually, yes, I'm in, I'm in Inchicore, but you'd go to Tolka. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just going to be interesting. I think what way Rovers set up now after after Friday. I think I think Dundalk probably did them a bit tactically. I think was Stevie went was kind of went Dundalk did them a bit tactically. I think so. Interesting. Yeah. They like they played kind of a four two four. They kind mm. of ended up nearly being a four six. But he did the same mm. in the cup final in twenty twenty one. He played without a, a recognised striker. Like Robbie Benson was the furthest man forward that day in in yeah. in, 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 in Tala. Like so, I think he did him. Obviously, when Fraser came off. Worked to their advantage because Fruja was kind of running amok down there. But after that, they they kind of couldn't break them down, couldn't break through it, and they broke in the counter attack. It worked really well. He did, the, all this is managerial New Ireland manager chat. There are good managers in the league, like Stephen O'Donnell and Rory Higgins, who you worked with. Yeah, I'm nearly at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> this manager hunt was like just give it to someone in the league. Holly Horgan's been mentioned. This is a safe space for manager hunt chat, please. Yeah. Let's not let's not bring it there. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna yeah, I was gonna bring it up maybe. Oh, uh, well, yeah. come on, not to, uh, come on, bring no, up what's in your mind. I was chatting about it. So I had the comments this morning about. Like you know, the manager coming in and having to follow the FEI's philosophy, I thought was interesting. One, I thought. What do you think? Yeah, it's just. I mean, that narrows it down like massively. It does. And yeah, that would make me think. Just give it to someone in the league. Like yeah. that makes the the John O'Shea story the other day maybe more make more sense. And mm. um, like you're looking, why why was Neil Lennon even discussed? If yeah. that's the approach, like that makes like why what like is that just newspaper talk? No, 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 Lennon, no. Lennon was definitely like, interviewed more so than once. Why bother? Like, but, I, I, but this is my part of my thing. I'm like. Like you're speaking to people, sometimes you think there's a control and there's a plan in place here, but then you see them speaking to people who don't conform to the job spec. And that's why a couple of times Mark Cannon has done press, we've asked him, are you still looking for that type of profile? And it's very clear, a head coach wants someone on the training ground. You're thinking, okay, maybe you are speaking to them as some of those people, but you need to strip them out of it. Like the Chris Coleman one came up, I made some inquiries, people are like, but he's not a training ground coach. It's like, right, okay. But other people would say, well, managers should have coaches who do that stuff for them. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure you've played for managers who weren't training ground managers in, the, yeah, in that's, that definition. That's, that's why I found it unusual, you know. Yeah, like, it is uh, very unusual. Uh, I would say even looking at the Michael Beale stuff during the week, like a manager's job isn't just, a huge part of a manager's job isn't just coaching, like it's managing players. Now that might be different at international level where you don't have as much time, but yeah, I just thought the whole thing is confusing. Why do you make Higgins, Higgins, O'Don- Higgins and O'Donnell the partnership? <laughs> do them all. Do them put the whole law firm in charge. The first division games, I should say, on Friday, we've got Cove Ramblers at Lone Town. Goodwin for at Lone last week. ECD at home to Treaty. Finn Harps, Cork City. Hopefully Harps get a good turnout. Wexford, bad start for them. And they're at home to Longford and Kerry. Uh, at home to Bray, so I think uh, I think we've, we've covered everything, Johnny. Yeah. Any last final thoughts, Jerry Springer over there? Any any sense that you missed the League of Ireland when it was really taking off? No, I think I, happy I, I took a year out and see how I how I'd miss it. I missed a bit, went back and then realised after I busted to Finn Harps. No, I'm not missing yeah. anything. Like, yeah. Very briefly, you're going to go down the coaching route, either of you. I did a bit of goalkeeping coach up in the academy in, in Rovers, and it might be something I look at now when I when I finish the college course. But maybe yeah, I did the UEFA um over last year with kind of the, the players one, and it was yeah, it was eye open. It was good actually. Um, just have to start us now, and mm. yeah, uh, I kind of thought I'd take some time out because it's it was so hectic. You, you, like consumes your whole life you don't get a night off or a day off so I decided to take some time out and I'll, I'll make a decision maybe later this year if I go back into it there we go she's in the running for the Ireland job well, there you go Yeah, come back <laughs> come back next week thanks um, very much to the lads for coming in um, and we were in association with Future Ticketing Rascal Burley in Shakur and of course Collar and Cuff 